Yes. I tell you, just hearing what we just heard, not, not, I mean, all the singing, but that truth right there, that your eternal destiny is based on that. Not what you do, but what Jesus did. That's exactly right. There won't be nobody in heaven doing this number. There won't be nobody doing that. I promise you that. Nobody will be saying, hey, Jesus, we did it, didn't we? We did it. You did it. You did your part. I helped you out. And abracadabra, I'm here. No, there won't be none of that. But it'll be a number which no man can number. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. We're going to give Him glory and honor and praise forever and forever and forever. And we should not. And we don't have to wait till we get there. That's exactly right. I've already got heaven's life. Yes, sir. Last time I checked, that's what eternal life is. It's the life I'm going to have and do in eternity and for eternity and in eternity. But I already have it. I still have it. I already got it. That's what he gave to. Eternal life is God's life. Yes, sir. That's right. Amen. That's right. That's right. That's the reason I can't go to hell. I got the wrong kind of life. Amen. I can't go to hell because there's no place for me. You say, what? No place for me. That's right. I didn't stutter. Jesus took my place. Amen. Hallelujah. As far as God's wrath was concerned and the condemnation of the law was concerned, I, I went to hell. Jesus suffered my hell for me. We ought to be, we ought to be jumping up and down tonight. I'll tell you. Amen. God help us that we are more influenced by Christ than we are circumstances. That's exactly right. Man, it's good to be in this beautiful building. Last time I hear it was a wreck. I'm telling. I couldn't tell which way, which, what was going on. But my goodness, it has come together, hasn't it? My goodness, I'll tell you, it's beautiful. Love it, love it, love it. And the excitement, I wish Brother Pope would get excited. I don't know. I don't know why he's so depressed. <laughs> oh, I guarantee you, if you're having a bad day, just call and talk to Brother Pope. He'll, he'll make you, he'll, he'll give you some, something to shout about. Amen. I'm thankful for the Lord giving us safety down the road, uh, our trip down. And, and uh, I don't know what Brother Pope was saying about re- uh, the road. What was you saying when I could road road weary, and that's about the time I made that corner circle or end right there, and I said, no, it's more like road rage. <laughs> so if I'm throwing song books tonight, don't worry about it. Just dodge it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Let's open our Bibles tonight to Psalms 59. Psalms 59. We've heard some great reports about the previous revival and hopefully still present revival. I believe God never works in the moment. He never works in the temporary. If you get a hold of that, that probably will help you. God never works with the temporal in mind. He never comes and helps you in a service or in your devotions or in your prayer time uh, for just to get you over that hump. He wants to help you and put his fingerprints all over your life for the rest of your life. God's always thinking about tomorrow. He's always thinking about the future and he's always thinking about others. When he's trying to help you, he's got somebody else in mind. 
Amen. Somebody that you can't help until you get help. It does matter what condition you're in tonight. God can't use just anything. God can't use just anybody. He needs condition. He needs con- not, not conditions because he can do great works. He does big things in bad times and that's shown throughout the scripture. When the worst things were happening, God was doing the biggest works. Amen. Jesus was born in the worst of times as far as Herod was concerned and what was going on politically and morally and circumstantially. But that, that don't stop God. God's not governed by circumstances. I, I'd like to add to that. God's not governed by government. Right there would be a good place for you to say, Woo! Sometimes we act like Washington's in control. Washington ain't in control. They don't have a clue what they're doing. Amen. And that better not be where your confidence is. You might as well go ahead and order you a, a, a dump truck load of antidepressants if that's where your, if that's where your confidence is at. That's exactly right. I, I smile more since I don't ever watch the news. People ask me, say, Preacher, you, what, you see what's going on? And I said, I don't have a clue. I find out after the fact. <laughs> I can't help it. I tell you, I get frustrated watching all that mess. But anyway, I get, I get my faith nurtured right here, though. This is the good news. It's accurate. It's true. What it says tonight, it'll say forever. Amen. It's forever settled in heaven. All right. Psalm 59. I'm interested in reading, I'm going to read this entire uh, 17 verses that make up this psalm. And uh, just if you could, I don't, I'm sure your Bible has got the heading and your King James Bible's got the same heading about for this psalm that mine does. And it'll note even by that heading that that's the background of what's going on in this, in this chapter. David was not just having a bad day. David was not just... Uh, having some people that didn't like him and, and unfriended him on Facebook and, and uh, you know, talked about him to some, some people. Uh, no, Saul had commissioned uh, these two that were named in the heading to watch for David, watch his house, how that they might kill him. I think that sets the, the, the circumstance behind this set, this psalm to let us know that what we are fixing to read is in a very serious moment. And I'm thankful, listen, I'm thankful that, that uh, David went through those things and wrote about it. Under the inspiration of God, God allowed him to pin it down and it's in our Bible and we know about it. And, the, and David's God is mine. David's God is yours. The same God. Not a, not a replica, but the same God. And so David lets us know in this psalm the help that he got in this uh, dire situation. This dark and this dilemma that he was in, that he was facing. I want you to look with me starting in verse number 1. The Bible says, deliver me from mine enemies. 
Before we read any further, I believe it's worth noting just by those, those words right there, David is praying. David is addressing God. The greatest thing you can ever do in a trial is pray. The greatest thing you can ever do when your back's against the wall and it looks like circumstances are potentially going to be deadly and threatening and fatal, it, that's a time to pray. You don't just pray on, a, on the mountaintop. You don't just pray when things are going well. In fact, most of the time, prayerlessness creeps in when things are going well. You'll pray under a burden unlike you'll pray any other time. When your heart is broken, you'll pray earnestly. Amen. When, when you realize what is at stake, what could be lost, what could be gained, uh, you'll pray. And so I just wanted to make note there that in this hour, God still hears and answers prayer. David is setting a pattern right there that he, he was a praying man. He was a praising man, but he was also a praying man. And I'm thankful for that. That encouraged me. I just saw that and that stuck out to me as I was reading that just now. That it's just encouraging me and should encourage you tonight to pray on. Pray on. It's dark, but pray. It's difficult, but pray. Whatever you do, pray. Don't, don't quit praying. No help will come if you quit praying. God never has used prayerlessness. Are you listening? And we're living in the most prayerless day, the most prayerless church age since, since Acts chapter 2. People just, they're worrying. They're worrying themselves to death. Complaining. Guilty. Anybody in here guilty? Well, three of us, I think, raised our hands. So, hey, we ought to have revival tonight, praise God. Pray for us that we raised our hand right there, all right, with you. But we need to pray. And again, David is saying and addressing God here. And he said, deliver me from mine enemies, oh my God. He, on the first sentence of this of this chapter, he, he's drawing strength from a personal relationship with God. Amen. Deliver me from mine enemies, oh my God. Defend me from them that rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloody men. I believe that those two words there, bloody men, showed the ill intent of those men that was waiting and watching and, and had every intention of killing David. And if you take God out of the equation, they would have been successful. But they couldn't take God out of the equation. Because the God that was in David's life had made promise to him and has made promise to us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. So there's no army, there's no uh, amount of soldiers or demons or devils that can move God out of a believer and away from a believer to where you are open prey uh, to the enemy. Yeah. God being uh, there in uh, being personal and forever present. 
means that whatever enemy ha- that we have must first deal with our God. You got to defeat God before you can defeat us. And that ought to be our attitude tonight. Amen. If God ever gets defeated, we're in trouble. And he's never going to get defeated because he's already attacked. He's already confronted. He's already confronted the greatest enemy that, it, that, will, that we'll ever have and that he will ever have. And he confronted him on a hill called Calvary. And he's already whipped him and spoiled principalities and powers. He's already disarmed them. Amen. The devil doesn't have bullets in his gun. All the devil has to do around us church folk is come in and say, bang. And you, oh, we act like we really got shot. And you know that's right. God help us. All right, I'm going to have to do better than this or we won't get, we'll have to break out the snacks and coffee here in a little bit. I'm getting hung up and I like it when I start getting hung up reading the scriptures. It's coming alive. It's coming alive. It's speaking and it's working. Amen. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloody men. For lo, they lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered against me, not for my transgression, nor for my sin, O Lord. David, just to make a note there, that David is praying for God to deliver and God to defend him. But he's telling and and bringing it up that God that, that that there's personal purity there you're almost wasting your time to ask God to help you in a in a battle if you got unconfessed and unrepented sin in your life I'm talking about a believer we need to get right with God we need to pray and get right with the Lord and then we can ask God to deal with our battles because I promise you God's far more concerned about your condition than he is the conditions around you. Look what he says. They, verse 4, they run and prepare themselves without my fault. Awake to help me and behold. Thou therefore, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel... Awake to visit all the heathen. Be not merciful. Be not merciful to any wicked transgressors. Selah. They return at evening. They make a noise like a dog and go round about the city. Behold, they belch out with their mouth. Swords in their lips. Or their swords are in their lips. For who say they doth hear? They think there's in secret and nobody knows, but God knows. That was worth coming to church for. That was worth me driving off the mountain to come down here to tell you. He knows. God knows what they're up to. God knows what all the enemies are up to. And he's a million miles ahead of the devil, friend. Amen. Boy, I like that. But thou, verse 8, but thou, O Lord shall laugh at them. Thou shalt have all the heathen in derision because of his strength. Will I wait upon thee? For God is 
my defense. The God of my mercy shall prevent me. God shall let me see my desire upon mine enemies. Slay them not, lest my people forget. Scatter them by thy power and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. For the sin of their mouth, of their mouth and the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride and for cursing and lying which they speak. Consume them in wrath. Do do y'all see that David is praying with great confidence? I think sometimes we forget who we're praying to. Don't you think that our praying seems to indicate that we've lost sight of the bigness of God, the sovereignty of God, the ability of God? Don't you think that's the truth? Look what he said. He said, consume them in thy wrath, consume them that they may not be, uh, and let them know, verse 13, that God ruleth in Jacob under the ends of the earth, Selah. And at evening, let them return and let them make a noise like a dog and go around about the city. Let them wander up and down for meat and, and, and grudge if they be not satisfied. But I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. What a statement. Verse 17, unto thee, O my strength, will I sing. For God is my defense and the God of my mercy. I'm interested in something that may have uh, stuck off uh, out of the page here to your attention as I was reading that. Uh, We notice in these verses, look at verse 1. Look at verse number 1. Deliver me from mine enemies, O my God. Note this word, defend me. Uh, Notice down in verse number 9. Because of his strength will I wait upon thee. For God is my defense. Verse number 16. But I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense. So we find again in verse 17, Unto thee, O my strength, will I sing, for God is my defense and the God of of thy mercy, of my mercy. I want to preach on that if the Lord will help me. Verse number 9, God is my defense. That ought to resonate with us in this hour we're living with enemies of all descriptions, every way you look. I'm thankful that we are reminded in this chapter, along with other many other verses, that God is my defense. He didn't say God was my defense. One of the biggest words in our Bible is the word is. 
Because that lets, lets us see that our God is not tied up and hemmed up and anchored to and locked down in some past generation. But he is that God that operates in the eternal present tense. He is not the God that says, I was he says, I am that I am. He's in your today. He'll be in your today tomorrow. He'll be always in your today. And in your today, he'll always be sufficient. He will always be God. He'll be enough. He'll be more than enough. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm glad that God is my defense. I was thinking coming down the road about that statement, and we'll look at it in just a moment, but I was thinking about what peace should flood our souls off of that, off of that truth right there. Oh, what peace that you and I should be able to embrace and experience and enjoy just off of the fact that, listen, that God is my defense. Sometimes we think that our peace should come in the absence of trouble. That's normal peace. That's natural peace. That's peace that, the, that, that it's in this world even. But the peace of God comes when everything's in an uproar. Amen. When everything is, is indescribable and you can't explain it and you have questions but no answers, I want to tell you, thank God, you can experience peace which passeth all understanding. And it, that peace shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Oh, to think about God is my defense. Don't you think it would help us if we would remind the devil of that? Yes, sir. I tell you, he wants you to forget about it. And you reminding him, it don't do nothing for him except that to let him know that you know who your defense is. Aren't you glad that your defense is not your ability? Aren't you glad that your defense is not your know-how and your, amen? I mean, because we're talking about fighting. We've got enemies that we can't see. Principalities, powers. We're talking about demonic forces. We're talking about spiritual warfare. Amen. We're talking about, amen, a, a battle that the weapons of warfare, if they were carnal, would not work. You can't stab a demon. You can't tie up the devil. You can't, amen. You can't even see them. How can you defeat an enemy you can't see? But oh, I'm glad to report to you that my defense is not of me. It's for me, but it's not of me. Thank God I've learned that and I'm still learning that in this hour. This will let you walk in victory if you get a hold of it tonight. That God is my defense. If you're here tonight and you're lost, let me tell you something. You can't, you can't claim that. Amen. You can't claim that. So what are you going to do to defend against all that's going on in your life that's trying to destroy you? What are you going to do? The devil will suggest drugs. 
The devil will suggest all kinds of things in that line of thought. But I want to tell you the greatest thing that could happen is that you come into a relationship. The only way to do that is you must be born again. You've got That's the only way you can get in the family is to be birthed into the family of God. And I want to say to you tonight that once you do that, David's God becomes your God and David's God was his defense and David's God will be your defense because David's God will be your God. Amen. And so let's look at that as it's mentioned several times down through here. Let me just read you some other verses in the book of Psalms. I have them in front of me here and you just you can just uh, listen and enjoy as I read some verses because I want you to know this thing that I'm preaching on tonight. It's not just in one or two verses and not just in Psalms 59. Uh, it's talked about a lot. So there's been other people, lots of people in the past, in the Bible, that have drew strength from the fact that God was their defense. Listen to Psalm 5 and verse number 11. But let all of those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also love thy name and be joyful in thee. I, I can't preach on them. I'm just going to read them. All right. I'm wanting to. Mm, amen. But Psalm 7 and verse 10. My defense is of God, which saveth the upright in heart. Psalm 59, 9. I've already read that one. Verse 16 and also verse 17. Proverbs 18 and verse number 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. You say that's, that, that, that word safe, that's not the same as it come from the same word. The same identical word translated in your Bible as defend or defend us is also as be safe. I like that, don't you? I remember playing baseball and softball and all of that. And you know, no matter how hard the opponent tried to get me out, if I was standing on the plate and the umpire said, safe, the enemy can't get you out and you're safe. <laughs> That'll register about 1230 tonight possibly. <laughs> Amen. Boy, I like that. You think about this, Psalm 20 and verse number one. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Psalm 62 verse two. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Oh, I like that, don't you? Psalm uh, 89 and verse 18. For the Lord is our defense and the Holy One of Israel is our King. Psalm 94 and verse number 22. But the Lord is my defense and my God is the rock of my refuge. Now here's a question I want to propose to you. If God is our defense then why are we so defeated? 
You can't hardly find a Christian that's got any victory. And worse than that, you can't hardly find a preacher that's got any kind of victory. The most depressing people to talk to today is preachers. Are you listening? I am one. And I get, I get calls. I get people, they call, and, and they're trying to figure it out. I said, hey, when you get it figured out, tell me. When I was in Bible college, listen, I didn't have a textbook on how to pastor in a pandemic and how, how to deal with all this mess. They didn't teach me none of that. They didn't tell us how to do all that. We're just kind of having to figure it out as we go. And I hope the congregation shows mercy on us. Amen. Lord, help us. But I want, to, I want you to understand this evening that the God of heaven is our defense. And we can count on him. We can trust him. He has proven himself to be true. And there's a lot that we could say, but I want to point out just some simple truth, just simple truth that's around this word defense in our Bible. What it should say to you, what it says to me, and it's helped me. It has helped me. The first thing that I want you to notice uh, about this term that God is my defense for him to be my defense, first of all, it speaks to me about the perception of the Lord. Now, how could he defend me if he does not know me? Secondly, how could he defend me if he does not know the enemy? I want you to know the perception of our God that is our defense. He knows he knows where you are. He knows where the enemy is. You know, the devil tries to take advantage of secrecy and, 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 and being like a serpent that just slivers around and, 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 and all of that. But I want you to know that God knows. I don't know. I don't know a lot about what the devil's up to. I don't know which angle he's coming. I don't know what his approach is, his next approach is or his next attack is. And neither do you. And if you get to thinking about it and trying to figure it out, uh, you're going to be defeated. But oh, if we could somehow draw nigh to God in prayer and say, God, you're my defense. And I, I, we can't base my defense on what I know. But we can base the defense on what you know. And I want you to know that ought to help us tonight. That God knows where you're at. Now come on now. Have you ever felt like he didn't? I know you're not going to answer that truthfully. Have you ever felt like in prayer? It's like, <clears throat> hey, excuse me, Lord. I'm over here. I'm in this ditch. I'm under this rock. I'm in this cave. As if God needs information. God doesn't need information. He doesn't need an email. He doesn't need a text. Hey man, he doesn't need an, a, a, a GPS. He doesn't need a GPS or a coordinates. You don't have to send him a coordinates of where you're located. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every step you take. He knows every breath you take. He knows you through and through. Amen. He never has to look to find you. 
Because when he found you in salvation, he's never left you. He's never left you. He's never failed you. And he's not going to start today. Hey, man, he's got a perfect record for every child of God. <laughs> and you can trust him tonight. Amen. Oh, thank God for the perception of the Lord in regard to him being our defense. The enemy is the master of deception and disguise and camouflage. But aren't you glad that he cannot fool God? It don't take much to fool me. Can I get a witness? No, don't say amen right there. It doesn't take much to fool us, does it? I mean, we think, man, the enemy's right there when he's right here. You know, and, and, but I'm glad that the one that David was praying to and drawing strength from and, and, and was expressing confidence in was he saying that God knows. Thou knowest, Lord. Thou knowest. Amen. Well, that right there will help you when you're going through a trial and a valley and a battle in your life just to know that the God that's defending you knows where you are and he knows where the enemy is. Most of the time, the sheep doesn't know where the wolf is, but the shepherd knows where the wolf is at all times. Oh, boy, the Lord just helped me right here with something. You know what the sheep does know? They may not know where the wolf is, but they know where the wolf is not. There are no wolves around the shepherd's feet. <laughs> the safest place you can get in this hour is close to the shepherd. Amen. Because the wolf doesn't want to bother you there because he knows that he's within reach of the shepherd. He knows that if, that if you are close to the shepherd's feet and the wolf tries to make an attack, he's going to be defeated because uh, to get a sheep, you got to whip the shepherd. <laughs> Amen. And that's not going to happen. Amen. That's right. So I'm thankful for the perception of the Lord. Oh my goodness. We could think tonight if we had the time, uh, the different things that God, Jesus knew. I mean, he didn't have to be told. He just knew it. Nathaniel asked him, said, whence, whence have you known me? And Jesus said, oh, I, I saw you when you was under the fig tree. Yes, sir. What? Jesus knew about the coin in the fish's mouth. Yes, sir. Jesus knows details. Oh, I like that. Yes, and we're talking about the perception tonight of our defense. Number two, I could say more on that. But number two, let's hasten on and, and, and identify in order for the Lord to be our defense, we've got to talk about his position. I need a couple of men to help me right here with an illustration. Somebody come right here. Yeah, come right here. You, you two right there. Y'all look like y'all need defended. Hey Amen. Just come right up here that way. Now, one of you is going to be good and one of you is going to be bad. I don't know which one needs to be which. All right, let's just say, I'm, I don't, God help you. We're just going to say this is the enemy, all right? This is the enemy and he's, and, and he's this one here needs defending. All right? 
Now, if I'm going to defend, if I'm going to defend this gentleman against this one, where would be the, the place or position that I need to be in? Do I need to be back here? I got you back. Go for it, buddy. <laughs> Help yourself. Well, that, is that going to be where the defender needs to get? No, the defender, if he's going to be what the word defend means and suggest, he's going to have to be here. And that just that position right there lets the enemy know that if you're going to deal with this one, you've got to come through me. You've got to defeat me first. But I want to remind us here tonight that the one that is our defender is not a frail human being like me. It's not one with inabilities. That's one that could be easily whipped at any given time. But we're talking about the God of Israel. We're talking about the God of heaven. Amen. The eternal God that is in the midst, amen, defending us. Boy, I like that, don't you? Amen. And me being here representing God being the defense, I wonder what, I wonder what kind of emotions does that help you have? It's good. It's good. Amen. Realizing God's taking it. God's got you. God's doing that. Amen. I wanted to illustrate that because sometimes we have a hard time of, uh, processing uh, that truth. Amen. You can be seated. There was a time, let me tell this while they're being seated. A few, a few years ago, several years ago, there was a man that was causing a lot of trouble at our church. And he was actually usurping authority, take, trying to t t take over. Well, that didn't go well. And so I, in dealing with him, I'll make the long story short. It's kind of comical. It wasn't then, but it is now. But anyway, uh, I, I, I called him in and, and was going to deal with him. And, and I told him to bring his son and his wife, and I had my wife. And my wife's from Newport, Tennessee, and I don't know if y'all know anything about Newport. But anyway... Look at Billy Sunday said the only difference between hell and Newport is that Newport's got a river running through it. That's what Billy Sunday said. But anyway, so this fella makes a long story short, he, he got irate. I mean, he was he was very disrespectful to my wife, and and then of course he just kept getting uh, louder and 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 wanting to fight and all that. And, and I was as calm as I am right now. I said, well, that's, that's real good. Wanting to whip the preacher in a Sunday school room. I'm t oh, we don't have to do it in a Sunday school room. We can go out in a parking lot. Oh, I said, that's really good, really good. And I said, you're done here. Yeah. The only person in my whole pastor that I ever told, leave and don't ever come back. I said, you're done here. Yeah. The way you talk to my wife and all of that, I said, you're done here and all the trouble he caused. So he goes out in the hallway in our downstairs and he's going down the stairs and he, or down the hallway and his son's trying to hold him back. I mean, he's, he's trying to get loose and he's wanting to come at me. And I'm standing there with my King James Bible in my hand and I, was, I had as much peace as I've got right now. But my wife wasn't too spiritual at, at that moment. <laughs> 
My wife's probably watching. My wife wasn't, too, wasn't as spiritual as I was. She didn't have as much peace as I did. And that Newport started coming out just a little bit. And get this now. Oh, it's, it's, it's hilarious, I'm telling you. I'm talking about that position. She, and he was just ranting and a raving and boy, and she just, she stepped in front of me. <laughs> I said, go girl. No. <laughs> she stepped in front of me and she pointed that new port, that finger at him, and she said, you will have to go through me first. That's, you single men, that's what you're looking for right there. I know what some of you are thinking. Well, what was you doing? I was behind her saying, that's right. That's right. You heard her. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. The position of the Lord that is our defense. I don't have time to look all these verses up. You can look them up. We can find where he's above us. We can find where the God of heaven is behind us. We can find also where he is before us. We can also find he is beside us. We can find in Psalm, or excuse me, Deuteronomy 33, 27, that he is beneath us. And we also can find many verses that shows he is in us and he is with us. Oh, I say he's got it covered. Did, did you, did, is there any angle right there that, that the devil could get through? Are you listening? He's above us, behind us, before us, beside us, beneath us, in us. He's beside, with us. He's for us. I think he's got it covered, don't you? Oh, thank God for our, the position of our defense. Thirdly, quickly, we, we definitely got to talk about this. If God is not this, then we're in trouble. But he is this. We not only talk about the perception of our defender or the one that's defending us. And the position of the one that's defending us. But we've also got to, I mean, we've just got to. Talk about the preeminence of the one that's defending us. Now, now that little illustration I gave there with the two gentlemen, that really don't do it justice because I know me and it wouldn't take much to, uh, to, to just, you know, thing and knock me off those steps, you know. But we're talking about God. We're talking, of, listen, for somebody to defend us, They've got to be superior to us. <laughs> Some of you are defeated. You know why? You're looking at how big you are. Or you're looking at how little you are. Amen. But victory will come when you focus on the preeminence, the superiority of our God, that he is bigger than me. Oh, yes. You can count on that. How could he defend me if he's not bigger than me? If, and, and this is 100% hypothetical. But how, why would I want him to defend me if I was bigger than him? Is that right? 
But I'm not bigger than him. Amen. That's just, that was just a hypothetical statement. But oh my, listen, but he is bigger than me. But I'm also glad that he's bigger than the enemy, singular or enemies, plural. It don't matter if it's one. It doesn't matter how many. He is superior. He's bigger than your problem. He's bigger than your giant. Oh, yes, friend. Little David. Little David, I understand he was 13 years old, approximately 13 years old when he was anointed by Samuel to be the next king. He was approximately 16 years old when he killed Goliath. What do 16-year-olds doing now? Playing stinking video games. They're upset because they can't get to the next level. And the monster eats them all the time. They'll stay up all night. Can't even hold down a job. Tell it. Amen. I'm dealing with that everywhere I go, Brother Pope. I mean, everywhere I go, I've got pe- ladies, men, people coming. One, one, I'll not tell where it was at, but uh, I, was, I made a few comments about that. And, and, his, and, and this, this daddy come to me after the service, and his son was standing right beside him. And he talked about how his son had an anger issue, and that goes with it. Yes. That anger issue won't eat. Can't even unplug long enough to eat. And I'm not going to get on that because I could, I, could, mm, I could give you some things on that. But listen, and, 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 and the daddy says that his son's room has got pictures all over the walls. And I said, pictures all over the walls. I said, what is that? What's that for? He said, that's to cover up the holes. Where he throws stuff. He gets mad because he, he, he lost that level and he's having to start over and, he's, and he's, he throws things or he punches the wall. And I said to the daddy, I said, so the way you're fixing this is that you just go buy another picture. That is not fixing nothing. You're right. Oh my goodness. I do not want to get on that. I'm telling you, that is, that is destroying young people's lives. I'm telling you, it's not just a little innocent something. It consumes people. They're living in that world as if it's real. Amen. A pastor down in South Carolina, I was talking to him about some of the information that I've gotten. And he, and he said he had been doing a lot of research on it himself. And, and they, they are so into that world. Now they've got headsets. And I mean, it's like you're in that virtual battle. And his mama, this boy's, not the pastor's mama. I better straighten that out. But this, this illustration he was telling me about, he said the boy was just irate. And he, was in, he, he wouldn't even come and eat. And the mama come in there right in the middle of his game and just reached and grabbed the plugs and just yanked, yanked them out of the wall. Good job. And he was so involved in that. I mean, it's all about killing and, and, and stabbing. And, oh, I shot him in the head as if that was a big deal. And, and he was so wrapped up in all of that stabbing and killing and shooting and, and everything. And when mama did that, he was still in that frame of mind. And he jumped straight up and killed his mama right there. And he's in prison today. 
I don't know why, how we got on the, off the preeminence of, of our God onto that. Somebody probably needed that. Somebody probably needed that. The bigness. David was praying in this chapter. I already pointed that out. Could I, could I show you a couple things? Let's look who he was talking to. Look at verse 1 real quickly. Deliver me from mine enemies, oh my God. He's talking to God. He's talking to God there. That's Elohim. That's the supreme self-existent God. Another address that he calls out in this, and by the way, he uses the word God here nine times in 17 verses. Not counting all of the pronouns, thee and thine and all of that. But he also, in verse number three, he uses another title that is used four times in this chapter. And that's the word, uh, the name Lord, all capital letters. Jehovah. Jehovah. And if you want to, don't turn there. I'll, I'll, for sake of time, I've got it marked. The first time that the word God is used, far as Elohim is used, is in the very first verse in your Bible. In the beginning, God. Same word, same title, same address. David was praying to the God that was able to step out on nothing and speak worlds into existence. David said, that's who's defending me. (laughs) Chapter 2, verse 4 is the first time the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is used. Lord is in our King James Bible, chapter 2, verse 4 of Genesis. These are the generations of, he- of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. I think it's worth noting tonight that the one that's defending us in this wicked hour, and it, this right here probably wouldn't have meant near as much a few years ago. But we're, we're watching the threats of enemies, not from other countries. and We're watching our own country turn against the faith, people of faith and the Christ, Christians and, and trying to program, reprogram the kids. And they don't even know a lot of them don't even know if they're a girl or a boy. And how, how stupid is that? How perverted is that? Brother, I'm telling you, we've got enemies coming in and rising up now that you and I, if we've ever had this, this theme and this thought to mean something to us, it's now. We need defending. We need our homes defended. We need our marriages defended. We need our churches defended. We need uh, the man of God defended. We need, amen, our young people defended. But oh, thank God, the one that defends David and defends us is very much preeminent and superior. 
Could I move hastily and give you a fourth consideration? Number four, when you think about God being our defense and, and just that concept. I'm glad we can say something about the, per, the perception, what he knows, he knows. And then we could talk about the position of the one that's defending us, and we've done that. And then the preeminence of the one that is defending us. But also now there is the protection that comes from the one that defends us. The prevention, if you will, of the one that is def defending us. He's protecting us. He's defending us. He's preventing things from happening. And there are some other illustrations in the Bible. Some of them are even in this chapter. For instance, uh, verse number 11, David also refers to the Lord as being our shield. That's an instrument of defense. He is our shield. Thank God for that. You can find other verses, and I have those, or several of those. Uh, I'll not take the time tonight to read them, but uh, the Bible refers to our God as our shade. Yeah. I mean, he knows what a shade is. You've never worked in a garden if you don't know what a shade is. Amen. Because I promise you, if you was raised where I was raised, amen, and we didn't have the cranking, uh, the cranking tractors. No, it was the old push plow and get the hoe and lay off the roads and, and all of that. And I'm telling you, it was rough. And in the heat and in the blistering sun, oh, guess what was very much needed? The shade tree. Huh? What was that doing? It was blocking and defending, if you will, you from the heat and giving you some refreshment. So we could find that he is, he, listen, he is illustrated as a shield. He's illustrated as a shade. He's illustrated in the Bible as a shelter. He's illustrated in the Bible, of course, as a sacrifice. What should have come to me went to my substitute, my sacrifice. He is, he is defending me. He's shown to be the shepherd. Boy, I like that. He's shown to be the shepherd. He's shown to be the lawgiver or the law, the one that is our heavenly lawyer that speaks up in our defense. He is known also, thank God, to be our Savior. All of those and more identify him this evening as one that protects us. But I want to deal with this before we close tonight. When you think about the defense, you've got to think about the prevailing of the, of the defense. That he wins and he's victorious. Boy, I'm glad of that. Amen. I wrote this down. If he cannot defend you, then he cannot deliver you. If he can be defeated, then he cannot defend you. If he... Listen, if we are defended, then why are we defeated? If we are defeated, then we cast a negative light upon the God that's defending us. We are making him look bad when we walk and live and talk defeated lives. 
And most people are doing that in this hour in which we live. I submit to you tonight that the one defending us, he has no competitors. He has no competition. He has no challengers. He is the undisputed. Time and eternity. Champion. He's all, you know what a champion is. He's the one that's already took them on and whipped them all. I like that. He, has, he prevails for us. Amen. Boy, I like this. Look at how David ends this song. I just, I, this just blessed me all over more than anywhere else. David spent time coming down through those verses. And he was back and forth from talking about the Lord. And sometimes he would use the pronouns thee or thou. But then when he would be talking about the enemies, he'd be talking about them at, well, as them or as they. I want to ask you, which one's got more of your attention? Thou, the thou that David is talking about, the one that is our defense, or they or them? Well, if we're not careful, and I'm, I'm the world's worst to get my eyes on people. I think that's the easiest thing for a pastor to get, get distracted by people because his ministry is people. His heart is people. You're, you're going to get hurt trying to help people. You're going to get, people's going to walk off and leave you after they've walked all over you. This just going to happen. And I know there's been times that I personally have said I'm done. I'm not going to get close to nobody, but you can't pastor from a distance. You can't pastor from a distance. That's right. And so look how David, he's, he spent the time coming through these verses of talking about the enemies and their intent, their ill intent. He talked about the Lord and magnified him down through these verses. But I think this, this right here is a good way to end this message tonight. Look in verse 16. He come down to verse 16 and he starts out the verse with the word but. I've been talking about the enemies, but. Here comes a contrast. They're that, but I'm going to be this. They're doing that. They're plotting that. They're plotting this, but I'm going to do this. Well, tell us, David. Tell us, David. All right. But. I will sing of thy power. Yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning. For thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Unto thee, O my strength, will I sing. For God is my defense. Oh, when you look down those verses, I don't see nothing to sing about. When you're looking at the end me. But when you start looking at God, when you start looking at his ability and his power and his care, thank God in his track record. Oh, hallelujah. You know what David said? It makes me want to sing. It makes me want to worship. I love the name of this conference. Magnify conference. I like that. It's not magnifying us. It's not magnifying me. It's magnifying 
the God of our defense. Amen. Magnifying him. David said, I may not can change the enemies. I, I may not can change the enemies. But what I can do, I can choose to sing. I can choose to be spiritual. I can choose to shout. I can choose to keep serving. Let, let God have your enemies. You focus your attention on you being what you're supposed to be. He'll defend you. But you need to make the choice. I, I didn't point it out, but you can read verse 16 and 17 again. Look at how many times David used the word will. I will. I will sing. You know what that means? That didn't mean I will sing after the enemy's defeated. After the enemy's whipped. No, David said just because of who my defense is, I'm just going to go ahead and sing. Amen. God, you go ahead and take care of the enemy. I'm going to sing. God, you take care of the enemies. I'm going to go ahead and worship your holy name. I'm going to just go ahead and engage my will. Because, listen, singing and worshiping God is a will matter. I will. I will sing. I will. What about it, David? You hadn't looked at the enemy. You, 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 you're, you need to measure up the enemy. You need to count how many there are before you. No, no. All I need to know is who is defending me. That'll help you come in here on Sunday morning with a spring in your step. You don't have to measure your enemy to, de to determine whether you can smile. You don't have to count them. You don't have to know how many, who they are, what size they are. You don't have to know none of that. All we need to know, my brother, is who is it that's defending us? And he's forever on the job. He never takes a break. The spirit of slumber has never come upon our God. He never takes a nap. He never has a blind side. He never has to say, oops. He never has to say, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't think about that. Or I was busy watching this enemy and I didn't see that enemy. Oh, no, friend. I'm glad he's taking care of us, Brother Pope. And we can face tomorrow with that. We can face today with that and tomorrow with that and the future with that. I'm glad to report to you and it's worth coming down here for that God is our defense. Let's all stand and pray together. Father, we come in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, for helping us tonight. Lord, I want to thank you for speaking to me tonight. Lord, feeding my soul. Feeding my soul, Lord, even while I was preaching. I wasn't preaching just to the congregation, Lord. I, I was getting preached to myself. Lord, forgive me for those times and days that I was defeated. I wasn't defeated by the enemy. I was defeated by my own, my own self because I was choosing fear over faith. I got to looking at how I'm, how, what I can do to defend against the enemy and it was defeating me. Lord, I thank you for the glorious reminder tonight of who our sufficient defender is. And I thank you, Lord, you've never lost a case. Lord, I don't know here in the service tonight who is dealing with what. 
I don't know what's going on in some of these people's lives. I don't know what, what, what they're being hurt by, what they're being disappointed by. I don't know what they're going through physically. I don't know what they're going through mentally. I don't know what they're going through domestically. I don't know what they're going through financially. And the list goes on. But Lord, we can, we can focus our attention on you as our defender. The one that can walk on water is our defender. The one that was virgin born, the incarnate son of God is our defense tonight. The one that is forever immutable and never changes, he is my defense tonight. The one that is impeccable is my defense tonight. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, the one, Lord, that takes the initiative and loves me and defends me and I can trust you. And Lord, I've gotten great victory before just simply by saying, Lord, I can't fix it, but I can trust you. And Lord, I'm going to lean on you and depend on you. No matter what you do, it's going to be right. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? I pray you'll help folk tonight. That young person that's wondering what kind of world they're even going to have if Jesus don't come back in 10, 15 years, will they ever have a family? Will they ever have children? Lord, may they get in an altar and say, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you, Lord. You paid the sin debt for me. Surely I can trust you. You took care of my sin debt. Lord, you took care of my salvation. Lord, I can trust you with my troubled heart. I can trust you, Lord with fears and anxieties. Lord, I'd ask you to help us tonight. Those that would be watching live stream tonight, I don't know. I don't know what turmoil is going on in their life. I don't know what heartache is going on in their, in their life or the home. I don't know what disappointments are in their home concerning their children. But Lord, I pray that their focus and their faith and their confidence will shift back to you tonight because you are in fact our defense in Jesus name Amen. if you need to get saved tonight I'll tell you I would run to the altar I would run to the altar tonight Amen Amen hey, let's bow our heads tonight just for a moment if you would and folks are using the altars tonight. Man, what a message. What an encouraging, encouraging word tonight. And you know what? He's, he's right. It is so easy, if we're not careful, to get our eyes other than where they ought to be. And I want to tell you something, church. We, we sin when we get our eyes on the problems and we get our eyes on the people. We get our eyes on the burdens. And we get our eyes off of the burden bearer. If you're here tonight and there's something going on in your life and you need victory tonight, listen, why don't you use the altar this evening? Let me ask a couple questions real quickly if I could tonight. I wonder how many are here this evening with heads bowed and eyes closed. You'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt 
I know that I'm saved and going to heaven when I die. If that's you, you're going to slip your hand up as a testimony. I know that I'm saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wonderful. You can lower your hands. Let me ask this, though, so I know how to pray. How many are here right now? And you would say, Brother Pope, if I died tonight, I'm not sure. I don't have that assurance that I'm on my way to heaven. Preacher, I want to go, but I'm not sure I would. And I want you to pray for me. Is there one anywhere here tonight, right now? You'd slip up your hand right now. Let me remember you. Can I pray for you? Is there one anywhere? Preacher, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'm saved. You'd slip your hand up. Is there one? Hey, can I ask you this? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I take it by that then. Everybody here tonight is born again. Let me ask you this. What are you worried about? What are you defeated about? What is it that you've got your eyes on in just the last last little bit that's left you so defeated? It's took you joy. It's took you smiles. took you shout. What is it? What is it? You say, Pastor, I'm pretty sure I can pinpoint it. I can put my finger on it. If that's the case, why don't you slip out right now and come down to this old-fashioned altar and just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to trust you to be my defender. God, I'm going to trust you tonight while we wait. That's right. Folks are coming. Folks are using the altar. What about it? Would you come? Would you come? That's right. Would you come? What is it? What is it that maybe the enemy's caused you to get your eyes on? And it's sort of, preacher, I didn't even mean to, I didn't mean to lose my joy. Used to be a day when I was so excited about the things of the Lord. Preacher, I even questioned about even coming to the meeting tonight because I've lost that passion. I've lost it. What is it that the enemy's caused you to get your eyes on? Tonight, you just slip out and get on this altar and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you as my defender. God, forgive me for getting my eyes on other things and other people. Lord, tonight, put my eyes back on the Savior. Are there others that need to come? Brother Pope, I, I am saved. I've already raised my hand about that. But boy, this Magnify Conference would be a good time for me just to rededicate my life to Jesus. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. I am saved. I'm born again. I can take you back to a time and a place. But I need to rededicate my life. I know I do. God's been dealing with me about it for a long time. And tonight you just slip out. Would you come? Would you come? While we wait. While these are in the altar getting some help tonight. Would you come? If you're watching by way of live stream tonight, we're so, we're so delighted to have you watching. There's a number on the bottom of your screen right now, 704-327-5662. We have some folks waiting by the phone right now. They're waiting by the phone. If you're watching this broadcast and you say, Preacher Boy, I need some prayer tonight. Hey, listen, if you'll call that number, if you'll call that number, we'll pray with you right now. If you're watching this broadcast and you don't know that you know that you're saved, going to heaven when you die. Please call that number. 
time. We'd love to share the gospel with you tonight. I hope you'll call. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. You can look up this way. We've been singing all to Jesus, I surrender. We've been singing that quite a bit here lately. I love that invitation song. And we've been using, just as I am without one plea, been using that a lot lately. Last three, four weeks with our revival going on, we've used those songs over and over, over and over again. And tonight, or today, we're just praying about the service and thinking about the service. And I just sent this to Brother Abel, and I said, Abel, I think we'll try this one tonight. Well, I know why now. I know why now. We're going to sing this little chorus. It says, I can trust Jesus. And you sing it out with all your heart tonight. And uh, sing it as a testimony to the Lord tonight. All right. Give it to all the singing, Calvary. Amen. Let's sing it together. Ready? I can trust I can trust Jesus. He never once has failed to me by me. You believe that tonight? Oh, yes. Sing it now. He is my Just a moment, just a moment. We're going to let you go here in just a second. Right before we go tonight, is everybody done what you're supposed to do? If you're here this evening and God's dealing with your heart, well, now's a great time to come. Oh, listen to me. Would you do this tonight? Would you say, as he preached tonight about David, would you say this? I will. Leave this place victorious. I will not leave defeated one more time. Boy, I'm going to tell you, it would be a great day at Calvary Baptist Church if we had some folks. And by the way, a lot of people needed to hear that message tonight. So in the quietness of this moment, if that's you, if you need to come, you come. We've got some folks here with a Bible. They'll be glad to pray with you if you need some help tonight. Church, let's sing it one more time. Give it your all. Give it your all. Let's sing it. Ready? I can trust Yes, sir. Amen. Hey, 